0: I'm gonna be your friend for two hours and then I'm gonna kick you in the balls. Please Monroe, please Monroe,
1: please Monroe. And welcome to another episode of Calling Monroe. Uh, Maybe we should start thinking about renaming this goddamn podcast because Monroe is just being a little vacation fuck, what do you say, Gucci
0: Mane. He's a nice guy. Okay. He deserves a good vacation.
1: He's going on, uh, maybe we should ask someone about this, someone that's experienced in these matters. I was listening to another podcast the other day and they were talking about baby moons.
0: What? What is
1: About that? uh, it's like a honeymoon, mm-hmm. but it's uh for when just before you have your baby.
0: Before you have it, or
1: yeah, yeah, before. So it's like a one last hurrah before you have your baby. Oh, should we should we call the only father we know and try to get some insight on this? Yes. Nice. All right, let's uh call, Monroe. Hey dudes, it's your dad. Oh, that... oh hey daddy.
2: It's a resident daddy.
1: Oh, you are the only daddy we know. Mm. Uh, I have a question for you. Mm. Before, uh, before your child was born, but after your child was created, uh, yes. did you go on any sort of uh, trip, or you know, have w- like a one last hurrah experience with your wife, sort of to do uh, to be child free one last time? Baby moon, if you will, well,
2: one last hurrah.
1: Yeah, it's a good way to frame it before throwing yourself into the void.
2: Yeah, exactly. The proverbial void of child rearing mm. is a thing. Mm. Okay, so the answer to the question is no, we did not. But I do envy. I do envy people that are you know well enough put together to plan something like this. Mm. Because I feel like the last few months, last couple of months, are. You know, you're scrambling to get your shit in order before you become actually responsible for something.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can see that.
2: So I we we didn't think of going on a baby moon.
1: Fair enough. Uh, d- do you think the this scrambling, this sc- and scramblement is necessary? Like, let's say, let's no, take two not, scenarios. What one, one scenario? In which you have a nine-month pregnancy and you know about it, and you can you guys can make all the preparations you want, mm. and then another one where you are uh, still together and you know you things are going fine, and then one day ha, the stork shows up and you have a baby you must take care of. Mm-hmm. Are you much better prepared in the former scenario, or are you just about the same?
2: Wait, well, can you repeat the scenario? Sorry, you you. Uh... You dragged on there a little bit. Oh, my
1: God. So I'm going to have to drag on again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the nine-month prep period versus a stork just showing up one day uh, at okay, your door yeah, with yeah, a baby. Okay. So it's Does, a, does yeah, the yeah. nine-month prep actually prep you or is it just stress and like...
2: It has the potential to prep
1: you. But did it? Do you think?
2: No. No, no, no. No, no not at all. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Definitely not. I mean, especially since this was the first child of perhaps more, mm. probably of more. hmm if my wife has anything to say about that. Oh. Then uh, the nine-month prep period was spent in, 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 you know, in a state of anxi- anxiety. Basically.
1: Mm. Mm. Psychological agony.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. If I'd been well enough, well enough put together to get my affairs in order, I would have. But you didn't. And I feel like a baby moon is a really good indicator that you're not worried about this. And, but is it correct to be worried about this?
1: I think probably yes. It probably is. If if your main concern is the baby moon, uh, either you've gotten everything so fucking well prepared that you can chill, or you are potentially too chill.
2: So is it confirmed that Monroe is on a baby moon?
1: No, absolutely not. No, okay. But we can ask him when he returns.
2: We every time I come out here, you want
0: to talk about children. I have nothing to say
2: other than that I'm just I'm a father, and that's that's a
0: fact. Do you? That's little- all you are to me. Do you want something serious? Do you have something? Yeah, I can talk about something serious. Okay. Regarding to what you said, I thought about this thought. Like, does it really matter when you're like, do you feel any different if you live for 70 years or or 80 years and die? Or if you live for 20 years and die? So, think about how much do you remember of yesterday How much do you remember of the day before? How much your conscious is actually just a momentary thing, Mm. just in the moment. So at the time, you will just have more memories. But do you really have more memories? It's just memories over larger, longer time. So you're saying that,
1: like, let's say your memory bank is a bag that you sling over your shoulder. Yes. You're saying that it would weigh the same if you die at 20 or 70.
0: Yes.
2: You would have the same amount of memories in terms of gigabytes, yes, but they would just be more detailed.
0: Yes, or mm. over shorter time. I don't think I can answer this question. This, no, this this question is very <laughs> so difficult the, to answer. This was a thought to think: Is it really bad to die young? Mm. Is it a difference? That is quite the question. Jesus. Okay,
1: uh, I th- I think there's something to. What you're I saying guess,
2: I guess it matters if everybody dies young well quote unquote young or mm. just you
1: we're ta- just talking to you, I guess
2: mm. right? do I, and do I know about this? No no okay well
1: it's just like it's just at the very end of the day you're about to close your eyes and die. he's just saying like the weight of your memory bag is the same anyway, so what does it matter? What, like, this is a
2: good I mean this is a good hypothesis. So our memory bank is going to get filled up pretty quickly and then you're just replacing older memories that are have finer detail with new memories that have s- like an iteratively lower level of detail.
1: Yeah. You just have to trim some fat always to store more. But isn't this
2: whole thing like isn't this whole thing about memories I listened to a pretty interesting podcast a couple of months ago with the podcast extraordinaire Malcolm Gladwell
1: we don't we don't acknowledge other podcasts in this <laughs> podcast we 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 are the only podcast in the world
2: shout out to Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> so so he has a he has a good podcast called revisionist history and i'm just going to go i'm just going to go out on the limb here and recommend this podcast and
1: All then right, maybe wow. we'll get him as a guest
0: can we Ragnar uh, can we call, call someone else
1: yeah we'll call <laughs> fucking malcolm gladwell but the
0: point here is Call
2: Malcolm Gladwell, get him on the phone, get him on the horn, get him Mm. on here and ask him some questions. Because he was talking about memories and how we assume that they're actually accurate when they really aren't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so people have like a massive recall bias. Yes. The older they get, people uh, don't remember things correctly at all. And if you, if you if you call people twenty years later, you ask two separate people about the same events that transpired. There's a really big discrepancy in how they remember it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, fake memories are like a they're pretty easy to implant, basically. Yeah, I remember one of the it was a study that I read about when I was studying in in Aberdeen. There was something about repressed memories, is what it was supposed to be dealing with, right? This concept that you can like repress something totally so you just are, don't remember it until one day maybe you can recover that memory is that even and is
2: that even a thing
1: no so this is it doesn't that really was, sound plausible no but it was i mean it, it, it's something that a lot of people do believe and it was like a theory for a, a while and i guess okay. some people still subscribe to this
2: it's what sigmund freud based i mean this whole you thing hear on.
1: it in movies
0: yeah. you hear it in movies
1: yeah and you hear about it with like uh, you know people that Went to a, a psychic or whatever, and then suddenly uncovered some horrific aspect of their past because of something that was said to them or whatever, you mm-hmm. know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that they all of a sudden remembered. But this was basically just they, you know, were just trying to implant. We're trying to get people to unrepress memories in some way, mm-hmm. and they found that basically the the people that basically beforehand were much more open to the fact that repressed memories existed were the ones that you could. You know, bring out repressed memories from. And you could just basically make it what you wanted. Yeah, you could just,
2: you could just like plant some sort of memory and claim that it was just repressed.
1: Yeah, and they mm. would just be, they would accept that. And then they would have a mem- what they consider to be a true memory of an event that had happened.
2: The brain is so fucked up, bro. Yeah. The brain makes
0: no sense. You'll just fill in the gaps right away. Yeah, this uh, is similar to like multiple personality disorder, that it doesn't exist. Every time it has been diagnosed, it's because the doctor is mad. Yeah, but it's
1: the multiple personality disorder. Isn't it's not a thing anymore? Like it's out of all the manuals, right?
0: Yeah. Is that the case? But because they found. Oh. Yeah, because yeah. they found out that it doesn't really exist, and in almost all cases, it's known of that people have many car- like personalities. It is the doctor has has been implanting them, mm. and the psychiatrist has been maintaining them.
1: But it's, a, it's good that this uh, fiction exists in our world because it's made for... Like, it's a good premise for a movie or a, a video game or something, you know, multiple personality disorder.
2: Yeah, no, you don't have to hire as many actors. Just make one actor do all the roles. It's an, economic, mean, it's an economic psychological illness.
1: Yeah. Okay, I, I guess that's that's definitely not what I was thinking about, but yes, yeah, sure. Okay. I was mainly just thinking about, like, it's a cool trope, you know, some dude who's maybe one of his... Uh, one of his personalities is a murderer, one of them is a, a priest. I mean, so uh, is... you know,
2: Superman and Clark Kent.
1: Yeah, some shit like that. And it's just one dude and he like cycles through seven or eight personalities that are all you know Why can't one of them I have is an a...
2: alternate personality that is like a super conscientious fuck that shows up to work and does all my work for me. Then he just checks out at five and I take back over and I just watch just watch pornography until until I fall asleep.
1: <laughs> Isn't that called Adderall?
2: Is that called Adderall? Because if that <laughs> is called Adderall, then I would love to get a prescription for Adderall.
1: I think it might. Oh, from what I've heard, it's, at least Adderall likes to try to be that guy. Adderall makes an attempt to be that guy. it's <laughs> such a
2: scared boy. I won't. I don't dare. Mm,
1: you should try it. I've heard of, like I know some people that uh, have studied for exams and stuff using Adderall. Yeah, supposedly per- it's widespread. Yeah.
0: I I saw somewhere that I don't remember, it was like from Louis Thoreau. That where they Shout were, out to Louis Thoreau. Yeah, when they were going through like this Adderall thing and they figured out that, the, he said there is study that has shown that you do not do better in tests if you take it. So it uh, has been measured somehow well, okay, okay. how so you do in
2: tests. There's a couple of things to unpack here. This is a good point. So you don't perform better
0: on the test while being on Adderall. Yeah. But what about studying for the test? I don't know. Yeah, he was talking about people that do study for it. You said they study for the w- test on what, that role. And, so I mean, so what's the experiment? I don't know if it is one that I guess it's just asking questions like, do you take it or do you not? I don't know. Hmm. Or like, or or given people are given a task. I I don't know what what it was. That's why I came. I don't yeah. know more about it than he said it. And he's a reliable guy. It must work. I mean, the the the
2: market has spoken. I don't think every other stu- every other student would take Adderall if it
0: didn't work. No, is that you true? You believe it work. That that is the thing. So what they say is what Adderall does it increases your self-esteem. Mm. Makes you <laughs> checking yourself less. And that's why you believe you do better. You just believe in yourself more and that is all it does. I'm, bu- I'm about to cry.
1: Here it says I'm reading some uh, overview on healthline.com and they're saying they studied people 43 people and what they had it was placebo controlled and apparently there was perceived benefit of executive function the part of the brain that likes to get stuff done but no mm-hmm. benefit to working memory but that's fine because i'm pretty sure the bottleneck is the executive function not that's the my bottleneck memory. for sure yeah. yeah that's my bottleneck so in that case adderall would help me because Executive function, like if I were to go to work, definitely executive function is the one that is my bottleneck.
2: I have no self control. Yeah.
1: So if I could boost that, if I could boost that, then I would absolutely do more.
2: Do more, yeah. Mm.
1: Do more drugs. Do more works. You know. But it's uh, it kind of fuck, It can fuck you up because it's it is just an amphetamine basically. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. And it can fuck up your sleep. So most people use this to to pull all nighters and stuff. Like they'll pop yeah. an Adderall to study all night. And I no it, longer like, believe in all nighters. No, no, I no, never, no. I have never done that, dude.
2: I think I've done no. it like once or twice, and the refractory period is too big.
1: Yeah, yeah and it's just, it's definitely it's not worth it for any. I know people who like uh, pull all nighters the night before an exam, and I think that's crazy. You're better off just going to sleep.
2: I mean, yeah, for sure. Unless, well, I mean, I guess the case could exist where it is better if you haven't studied at all and you, yeah, don't you literally know don't know what the test is about. Then the all-nighter could help. But yeah. if you are a yeah. semi-diligent student, then you're better off going to sleep.
1: Yeah. If you can, if there, if it's plausible that you could pass the test with the amount of knowledge that you should have in your brain, then go to sleep.
2: But do you prefer this way of of getting grades, of getting graded? With a test, like when I did my university studies in math, pretty much 90% of the courses were one test was 100% of your grade. Mm-hmm. There were 100% tests all over the place. That I don't like. It was a little bit because... punishing, but it was also, I mean, I just got used to it, so it was fine. But I think a lot of people will find that quite unfair. Yeah. So is it unfair?
1: Yes, I would say so. There's So it's like the stock market, right? You're pouring all of your money into one stock and there is an inherent bit of randomness to everything right So yeah if that's I all... think that's
2: one of the stronger arguments is that there is a variance associated with your final grade that is doesn't have anything to do with how much you studied. Well you can reduce the variance but there's still a sort of a minimum amount of variance so
0: yeah but I think you're, you're using the... math against
1: math. Well, we're using it against the institution of math. It's like yeah. when people are Catholics, but they hate the Catholic Church. Oh, so what I'm saying is that the best way to reduce that variance is to have more tests, right?
2: Yes. I also am a big proponent of of, of oral exams.
1: Mm. I, know I think those you are.
2: are criminally underused, especially in math.
1: Mm. Especially in the... Especially
2: in the math, mm. <laughs> Especially in the student-teacher relationship. Absolutely in the student-teacher <laughs> relationship. <laughs> Because uh, oral exams for math are actually really good because you yeah. can instantly figure out whether the student actually knows what they're talking about or not. Yeah.
1: That's true, yeah. Oral exams, I can see them being pretty Gucci. You can't go into quite as much detail, though, because you can't, you know, you there's a certain sort of level of detail that you can expect someone to, if you give them a couple of hours, you can expect them to, like, get there in writing. But it's much... You you know, when it's an oral exam, you're also testing them on their ability to, you know, fluently uh, express themselves and Mm -hmm. all that. And like, I don't know, there's, you can definitely on a macro level, you can test them much better. But on a micro level, I'm not so sure. Surely the optimal testing would be if you had a very casual or like very good uh, professional relationship with your teacher and you regularly went out for like a beer or something and actively discussed the subject matter intelligently. Yes,
2: that's a a different implementation Mm -hmm. of an oral exam without all the weight attached to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm saying that, like, if you did that, and you also had these, like, sessions where you, you know, you you brought with you a pen and paper, and you, like, sketched shit out, and you, you know, you got really sort of down and dirty with the subject material over the Mm -hmm. course of months. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the optimum way to test. Is,
2: is this something that the, the student doesn't, he doesn't know he's being graded would also be
1: good? It's sort of, it should transcend <laughs> the fact that being graded. Because I don't think
2: this would work for you. You have a, an ability to bullshit your way out of anything.
1: Mm. Yeah, but surely that's why it's good, right? You, you're not supposed to know that you're being graded. Yeah, you're not supposed to, well, it's supposed to transcend the fact that you're being graded, right?
2: You know, this reminds me of an experience. Feel free to cut this out, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> out on, on a limb here. Um when I was I think 19
1: did you sleep with your professor for a grade well, Not at that
2: not at that time but a couple mm-hmm. of months later I did Okay cool.
1: so it
2: was an all boys school so it was fine <laughs> Okay so so uh, when I was <laughs> a little over 19 I started teaching as like a teachers assistant at the university in Iceland which, in hindsight, was maybe a bit young, but I mean, I, I it was it was math. At least you know, these beginning courses are pretty simple. There's a correct answer, and I, all I have to do is demonstrate that I can reach a correct answer.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I remember I was teaching statistics, and I remember after one of my classes, a this is a, this is a, a weird moment when I think back. Only a, five years later, I figured out what was actually going on. After one of the classes, everybody had left except one girl in the class, she walked up to me and she literally said, you know, I think this is subject. She said something like, the subject is very difficult. And she said, I'll do anything to get a good grade.
1: Oh my God.
2: (laughs) And I just looked at her (laughs) and I said, oh. You should read the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's what you were supposed that's to do. That's what I I know, I know, I
2: know. But yeah. like, 5 years later I thought about this and I went, "Oh my god. <laughs> How did I not see what was going on? Because I, I I didn't I did not catch on to what she was talking about. I legitimately had no idea that there were that there was an underlying message there. There was an I just thought she was asking
0: for advice on how to study Maybe it was not, and you. I feel embarrassed <laughs> that I didn't. Maybe your it out. memory is wrong. No, it's correct. Honestly,
1: I think uh, the fact that you didn't catch on and your answer—it
0: was probably were, for the
1: best—was <laughs> the perfect way to handle that scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, sort of for
2: me, I would have preferred to realize what was going on and then but still why? tell her to just read the book
1: okay that would have been more of like a, a sassier moment for you
2: yeah exactly it would have been a little bit of a sassier moment you know my life is criminally under
1: lacking in sassy moments that's true but the extra sass there sprinkling some sass on it would wouldn't have made it better for anyone like no. you would have added embarrassment for her right which is unnecessary in that moment like she she did the wrong thing yeah, that was but that was I think also, morally
2: but, morally not the right way to go about this. So No. So she's the one at fault here, obviously. Yes. Yes. But I was just uh, I was just a little boy. And I hated being a little boy. I much prefer being a grown man, to be perfectly do you? honest. Yeah, I do. This is a
1: good question. This is a good question, actually. Uh do you think that preferring to be a grown man to a little boy? So I think there's three there's three things you can feel about this. You can uh Prefer to be a little boy always, including when you're a grown man.
2: How little a you boy can, are we talking about, though?
1: Uh, I don't know, like the Some youngest more, boy ever, like just three or something. No, somewhere below the age of eighteen. Okay, yeah. Uh, you can prefer that forever. Mm. You so you,
0: you are adult just in yeah, your yeah. mind. In your mind, you're no, no. you're not. No, 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 no. You're not. You still what in your mind. Think? You're still
1: an adult, but you just like you. You are painfully aware of the fact that you, it was better to be a child and you would prefer to have been a child, right? You would prefer to like go back to childhood, right? That is like one one whole uh, mm, of this. Yeah, okay, and there's yes, in the middle, yes. in the middle you can just be fully content with your current age forever at all times, regardless mm-hmm. of what your age is. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is you can actively want to be an adult always, and try to strive for being, like getting away from childhood and being a grown ass man. Okay. The middle one is clearly the best. Always being content with your current age, right? Yes, Yes. Peter. That's the hallmark of a
2: well-adjusted person.
1: Yeah. So the first one is like a Peter Pan syndrome type thing, and the last one is some sort of uh, you just want to be an adult. Like, are they? Which one is better? Is it better to always strive to want to be an adult, or is it better to like uh, hold on to the rose-tinted glasses of looking back at childhood?
2: You know, I the, the time that I enjoyed most was. When I was in university, mm. in my first, first few years of university, first three years of university is the time I enjoyed the most. I was no longer a slobbering little boy. Mm. And I did have some executive function in my brain, yeah. but I also had, there was also no pressure, no real mm. existential pressure yeah. to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I quite enjoyed that. Now, well, I also quite like, I'm 30 now, and it's not a bad age. Now I'm uh, starting to become. I think feel like people become adults always later and later as time goes on. So 30 mm. now, I, I'm starting to feel like I might be becoming an adult, maybe. <laughs> mm. And it's also fun to have a real conversation with other adults about just like not work. Mm-hmm. And then it just sort of turns out that everybody's facing the same existential dread as you are. Mm. But I don't think I would want to go back to my actual childhood no. Rather, I would go back to university years, early university years, where it was a lot of drinking and then fierce studying in, you know, mm. tiny little time windows, mm. and then back to partying. That was fun.
1: Yeah, that was a good existence. There was no responsibility. Uh, you always felt fine the day after, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that was chill.
2: And I could eat anything, and I just felt completely fine. Yeah. If I eat McDonald's now, I basically get the flu and diarrhea.
1: Mm. My knees still worked properly.
2: Yeah, exactly. Your body still worked.
1: <laughs> Your knees.
2: Yeah. And, you, know, you got you got a little bit injured, but you you know, you could rest comfortably knowing that you would heal. Yeah. <laughs> no, not now you no longer heal. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Gucci doesn't quite, you know connect with this idea. Nope. It's a little bit of a different experience than us.
1: Yeah, yeah probably. How do you feel about this whole age thing, Guillaume? Do you like do you Would you rather be go back to childhood or do you like the idea of being mature? Mature. Being seen as a mature adult.
0: I don't want to go this deep. Oh, okay. That's what she said. (laughs) No, uh, it's going to be... So mentally, yes, I think it's better to be an adult. Mm. I I like my mind. Mm. But as a child, physically, yes. Yeah.
1: I think I've always had a bit of an aversion, though, to people who... Uh, very actively strive to be mature adults because i think that that uh, is a sign of the opposite yeah yeah. and i think i've sort of said this before like when people were like you know 17 18 19 and they were like they were so they were so adult you know they Mm -hmm. wanted to be an adult
2: they wanted to be adult rather than
1: just being a shitty teenager yeah like I find that to be a lack of maturity. The like wanting to be mature and f- placing severe importance on being like n- the antithesis of of childlike. Yeah, but isn't like, this just
2: the, a coping mechanism coming for you, and you're projecting what you feel <laughs> onto
1: others? Well, uh, that's all of existence. So that's just we can boil everything down to that, right? But like people that just want to be adults, they sound boring. Yeah, it's it's oh it, it like it seems to stem from this like. Uh, almost pathological point of view that like being a child is like being childlike in any way is very negative
0: yeah i mean there are certain things childish that are bad yeah, yeah of course but they like not being able to modulate aggression yeah
1: absolutely but that those things are childish rather than childlike you know what i mean there's a certain uh you know childlike wonder for example that you don't necessarily want to miss out on and like a A certain attitude towards life right that i think you'd probably like to retain it's better than being like a if you think of the the ultimate mature man all he does is sit in like an office somewhere smoke his cigar have some whiskey and write things on pieces of paper that no one's really sure what they are but they're very important they're very deep yeah well they're like they're not even necessarily deep they might be but they they serve an important function
2: yeah i think you have a i think you have a big artistic gene in you yeah, you think you're thinking like an artist. I think mm. is what you're thinking. I mean, there's definitely an element of childlike wonder that we tend to lose when we get a little bit older. That I definitely miss, mm. and I see it when I like take my son out to play or something. Is that he'll get completely like enraptured by a stick on the ground or something, and all of a sudden mm. to him it's a pen, and then it's a weapon, and then it's something else. And I can't think like this anymore. Like I've already substituted representations of things in my head for everything. This is a house. And I don't care about the specifics of this house. My knowledge of a house is enough to represent the whole category of houses. Mm. But he'll look at a house and he'll see the details
1: in it. Yeah. And even if you could pick up a stick and then pretend it was a pen, that's still boring.
2: I mean, yes. (laughs) Because it isn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and like, come on, man. A pen? Like, God, I've held thousands of pens. (laughs)
2: Yeah, but the pen is mightier than the sword.
1: That's true. Shout out to the pen.
2: Shout out to the good old pen and the printing press. Absolutely. Fri- Shout out Fri- to Fri- Gutenberg. Try
0: to be hit with a pen and then with a sword and tell me the difference. Depends on how you're hit, though. If you're stabbed with a pen but like
1: slapped with the, the blunt side of the sword.
0: Slapped with a sword? <laughs> ah.
1: Seeing the details in things, though, is that's quite interesting, right? Because they... It's fun. It's like a result of brain trimming. Like they, their uh, existence is much more. Uh, how to describe it? It's more diverse than ours. It's what's well, more like a. There's more, much more sensory overload because they haven't learned to. What we've basically learned to do is block out a bunch of shit and just like mm. focus on the stuff that's important to us.
2: Yeah, exactly. You trim the fat off of all of your experiences, essentially.
1: Mm. Yeah, but it, acutely, you trim the yeah. fat like in the moment. Whereas mm-hmm. they are just fucking, they're taking like half, it all. in. Half
2: of all poems written are about this. Uh, are about being becoming an adult and losing your sensitivity for detail in the world.
0: But that's what drugs are for, right? Is that a thing? I, I that's don't. That's true. I don't drugs know. actually
2: do kind of simulate this. That's why they feel so good. Shout
0: out to drugs. Is is this what happens to adults? I yeah. do not. I do not.
1: You don't agree?
0: No, not really. <laughs>
1: But it is... It,
0: it, Wait, what is it you disagree with? Not disagree, I just have never thought thought about this at all.
1: That, that children children's sensory input is
0: much... What It's not
1: necessarily more... It is more detailed, but it's the fact that, like, none of I, the stuff I, that's coming in on a sensory level is being filtered out or to nowhere near the same degree. Whereas for you, you filter out shit all of the time.
2: Yeah. See a man carrying a briefcase on the bus, and I think... This dude works in an office, and that's all I need to know. Whereas my son would look at him, and he would actually wonder what he's going to do today. Yeah. <laughs> and then sort of, sort of imagining his day and what he's up to and what he wants to be up to. I don't give
1: a shit. But then he's also sitting He's sitting on the bus, and there's like 40 people, and each one of these individuals is like screaming out for that level of analysis. Whereas yeah. for you, like you don't even yeah, recognize yeah. What's
2: them. the What's the word for this? There's a word for this where you like are standing at a, like had an experience of standing at a bus stop and then i notice a car driving past and i see the person in the car and for just a moment i wonder what this person's life is all about there's a word for this yeah. it begins with s i forget what the word uh, is
1: is it so is it one of these words that i hate that uh, there was some dude who made or yeah some individual who made like a dictionary of undefined words or whatever Where it was all shit like this, where it was like the sensation of standing on the edge of a cliff and looking at the abyss and wanting to throw yourself off it—the call Uh, of the void. Yeah, the call of the void. Like, but like a different, like a more specific single. Yeah, it's like a French term for this. Yeah, but like it was some dude who basically just like made up a whole bunch of words and put them in a Mm. dictionary.
2: That sounds like a worthwhile endeavor. Uh, It sounds like a worthwhile endeavor to write this and to read this, huh?
1: Are you joking or not? I am uh, joking. Okay, because I mean, I think a lot of people.
2: I I tend to agree with you on many things.
1: I say a lot of people would think that it was a worthwhile endeavor to both write and read this. This was very popular when it came out.
2: I mean, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot less patience for obvious time wasting for some reason
1: (laughs) these days. Uh, But you're. Because I uh, I guess I'm starting to
2: become aware of my time is being. My time is quite limited.
1: So I think that your your bar for what you consider time wasted is uh, you've set it quite low. Yeah.
2: maybe. I mean, that's you've potentially sort of, you've, true. Uh, you've
1: modulated it a bit to sort of uh, gel with your personality and your level of anxiety about how much time you have. And then you take that bar, and just like I do with everything, you've sort of projected it onto the world, and you've created mm. an objective standard for what is and isn't time wasting. No,
2: no, 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 no. It's a subjective standard that I apply to myself. But to be perfectly honest, I never quite—I was—I never quite felt that comfortable with, quote unquote, treating myself, and I never have. Mm. I don't know. That probably comes from my upbringing, and I think all of our problems always come from our upbringing. Of course. Is that I don't enjoy, well, I have a hard time enjoying, like, treating myself. What do you mean? Like, my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, like, uh, can go to Spain with a family and for two weeks, in an all-inclusive thing, and enjoy it for two weeks. I don't see myself enjoying that kind of thing.
1: Because you, if you sit by the pool for two hours, you just have fallen down a a black hole of existential... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: <laughs> Essentially, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can never exactly yes. You can never have a quiet moment alone to think. You must never have. No, that the time. voices
2: will come back, <laughs> and they will torment me.
1: <laughs> Get off your lazy ass, you fuck! Yeah, I, Why yeah, aren't I you? Why is you
2: isn't mean. your net worth higher?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I do understand what you mean. I do uh, empathize, but, uh, but I, I don't know. That's... I'm a
2: power. I'm powerless to you know
1: serve the will of these voices because I'm course. too lazy. Of course, you need Adderall. To the angst. Yeah, you just need an Adderall subscription, then you'll be fine. No. And then you need like a, a different description, like a Xanax prescription for the evening, so you can chill yeah, out a bit and get to no, bed. More
2: prescriptions, I think, would be a pretty good idea. <laughs> you need it, like a,
1: a prescription for every aspect of your life. So no. hopefully, alcohol doesn't
2: like, doesn't solve these problems either. I don't enjoy alcohol all that much.
1: No, it definitely doesn't solve the problems. It uh, yeah, it it claims to. For a
2: moment, it does. It is marketed as a solution to exactly this problem, in a way. And
1: if you were to, if if you could meet alcohol uh, in human form, it would definitely make the claim that it did that. It would try to be your friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Or or it's realistic about it and would tell you, "I'm gonna be your friend for two hours, and then I'm gonna kick you in the balls." Yeah, and your dread will come back.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, but what if, yeah, what if you had like 15 different prescriptions and you could just modulate your whole day with prescriptions and just like optimize every single day? Is that good? My work
2: prescription, and then I take a different pill when I go home from work, it's going to make me, make me relax. Yeah. But then I'll take a pill to go to sleep and then we'll take a pill to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. it sounds awesome.
0: Didn't they like, in that Brave New World book, then they always gave everyone a powder or something soma
1: yeah but that was just one thing it was just one drug to like make you happy yeah Uh, so it's basically everyone on these like super antidepressants but i'm thinking like is it would it be positive if the whole world just modulated their whole day with pills and just you know you You could pick your mood you could pick your mood and you could yeah just Mm -hmm. fine-tune your mood with pills the entire day
2: well at least having the choice is not worse than what we currently have Uh, i like to think a so choice it, is never a bad thing. I'm going to go out of limb here. If you if you have proper executive function, then a choice is not always a bad thing. Not okay. it's never. A bad, is I'm, it never? I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to say never. Okay. So I'm going out of limb thing. here. So re- respond as you see fit. Having the choice is good.
0: Yeah, but having too many choices might be bad. Why? I don't know. It's just when there's too many options.
2: You're thinking about like option paralysis.
0: Yeah. You don't well, have the yeah.
1: infinite capacity to evaluate your options.
2: Yeah, but that's not the options fault that's your fault for not having the capacity to
0: evaluate them yeah, yeah but i mean, it's you're a bottom, still so it's a human you're still, bottom, a, like. human. You're still yeah. a human
1: you can't you uh, can't expose yourself to to situations that a human can't reasonably deal with and then blame yourself no like also,
2: yeah that, I'm, I'm assuming that you're, you're thinking about this
1: okay so when you have an option like this you can either naturally go about your days or you can fully be in control of how you're going to feel at all times I'm not sure that having that choice is good because I'm not sure that you are capable of making an informed decision about that.
0: I would always just be happy. I would say, I'm gonna be happy today. Yes, Every moment, also, always. always. Yeah, I
1: mean, it I'm sounds, sounds chill. The
2: happy, I'm gonna take happy, daddy's gonna take his happy pills.
0: Yeah, but like,
1: I don't know, there, there's an argument against that somewhere, right? But the question is whether that argument is a- Well, I guess
2: one of the arguments is that like too much choice ends up making us unhappy, right? That's one of the
1: things. Yeah, but what if what if you could just be happy at all times? What if you could take these pills and just be genuinely happy at all times, no matter what you did? Is that yeah. good?
2: Assuming that there's no sort of down the road detrimental health effect. Yeah. No,
1: it's just you just live and die happy. Is that good? Yeah, that it sounds mm. awesome. Objectively, it must be good, but like, why does it also seem bad? Why is that dystopian?
0: Because we know of this thing that there the is this down.
1: Is that why? Is it not like there's a certain, you place a certain value on the stuff that something, isn't-
2: Something, artistic endeavors, something?
1: Yeah, that isn't happiness. Like all the good shit comes from people not being happy, basically. Like if everyone was happy, I don't think we'd have all the good shit we have. Like if Steve it's Jobs like was not happy man, he wouldn't make to the iPhones. iPhones. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, but sometimes good things come because people are happy and motivated in this energetic,
1: like- Yeah, I mean- you
0: get energetic from
2: being happy maybe I'm discounting my anxiety as a bad
0: thing
1: maybe it's a good thing it is a, i think it might be a, so but there's there's a it can sometimes be a good thing no but yeah, i think i
0: think it's wrong to think like if i'm sad think good things are going to happen that's like
1: no well that's that's not what we're saying we're saying that like uh you can use the sadness and that th- there's more potential to make good shit than if you're just happy
0: why? I think I think if you're happy, you're you're energetic.
1: So you think so? You, it, let's let's simplify this a lot. Let's take just music as an art, and let's say that for all of human history, everyone was just happy. Do you think that music would be good? Sad things. There would be? Is the are best music. music. There is music yeah,
0: but- that is not sad and is very fun.
1: Yeah, but sad music I is mean, the best funk. music. Yeah sad, mu- yeah, sad music is clearly the best music. Like, the best stu- the best music came from sad people. Even if it's, like, uh, energetic music or whatever, it still came from people being sad. Like, I these mean, weren't of- happy people often, that made often
0: it. Often they are actually taking cocaine and are very happy at the moment they're doing it. Are they happy, though? No, are they, but... but, William, but the are feet, they happy? But, I mean, there isn't really a difference in, like, artificial chemically-induced happiness or happiness. it I mean, biologically, it is, in a way, the same thing. Just the aftermath is different. But you always pull me into these existential
2: conversations every time I'm on here.
1: It's all you're worth. <sighs> okay, there's, no, because the, of course there's a difference, because on the one hand, you are... Uh, yeah, but the effect
0: th- it ha- has on you is the same. No, of course it's not. At the moment. Because the background...
1: No, because the background is different. You're saying that, like... You're saying that if you have some red paint and you paint a wall, it's still going to be red. But I'm saying there's a difference if you paint a white wall or a black wall with red paint. They're not going to end up looking the same. And that's the same. That's directly wow, that quite a the same. That like wow. you're saying that I, if you I, I don't, pump I don't, a bunch of happy like, chemicals into a brain, this, this is
0: now just a difference of opinion. This is not. You don't really know this, or I don't really know what I'm saying.
1: Being like being incredibly sad and taking a hit of cocaine and feeling like hyped I... on cocaine is not the same happiness as being like waking up happy and being happy. Those aren't the same feeling.
2: Also, uh, uh, taking cocaine in a moment of sadness to feel happy and being super happy and taking cocaine to get even more happy
1: are also not the same.
0: Are also not the same. I. Like I do, I I can, I can say that being like sad or stuff like that can make you do. So I just think this is not like a universal thing that you can say that being down or sad or something will make you more creative or something.
1: So you don't think that you can make the claim that being sad is better for creative output?
0: No, no, I don't think you can say that. I think that okay.
1: there's I think the overwhelming consensus human consensus is that it is. I think all like I think the d- the the centuries long study of art and artists disagrees so with I you.
0: have I've never felt this. I've felt whenever I feel happy, I do better.
1: Yeah, but what do you do? Are you doing artistic endeavors or are you writing scientific papers?
0: Scientific paper. Okay, Scient- so we're not I'm, talking I'm,
1: about that. Like yeah, being happy probably makes for better science because it has nothing to do with These sorts of things, but like making music and writing a science paper are not the same.
0: No, but do you... So you mean artistically? Yeah. You need to be creative in a lot of things, not only arts.
1: Yeah, but there's a difference in like creativity is is lumped in as one thing.
0: So this is just true about art. I mean,
1: yeah, it's definitely true about art is what we're saying. And it's probably true to at least a degree for everything.
0: So you... But that has to be directed to the thing that you are doing, some way. You can't just be like, "Oh, I'm very sad." Okay, now I'm gonna have a great idea of how to do something unrelated to my ha- happiness. Like,
1: no, we're not saying it's we're not saying it's necess- it's sufficient. We're saying it's uh, necessary, or not even necessary. But I it's, think it's uh, just
0: necessary to, uh, to, to compare it to happy moments. This is a difficult. This is actually a difficult question. I
2: think a lot of the sort of breakthrough contributions have come from a place of unhappiness about the state of things. Yeah. Like uh, the guy who invented the polio vaccine. He hated polio. He wasn't a happy person.
3: Yeah.
0: Fuck polio, right? Mm. But that is just seeing a problem that has to be fixed. Yeah, but you're unhappy about this problem. You're super happy about this problem. Finally, a problem. Does that mean he has an existential dread over it, well, not or he's just like no. there are children dying? I don't want children dying. But it does come from a place of suffering. So he is horribly sad there. Do you think so? But he was or he's horribly just sad like,
1: about the state of affairs. Yeah,
0: uh, or he's just seeing a problem that has to be fixed.
1: But if you're if you're super happy and content, I think content is the important word. Why, like, why do anything of this sort of magnitude? it has to come from a place of being discontent. How? Because if you're fully content, from a you don't- place of wanting. Yeah, like if, yeah, of lacking. If you're always content, then you'd never want anything. Yeah, there's no need to, bro, there's, there's no need. need. Bro, there's
0: no need I mean, then you're just expecting things. that if you're happy, you become oblivious, like don't yeah, care saying, about anything. I think that's no, the, sort
2: of the crux of the argument, one of the arguments, right? Is that being, perpetually happy and content is it's not a motivator for anything cha- changing anything
1: yeah cuz you're already happy you're like you're not chasing any any fulfillment
0: but that is just seeing a problem that has to be fixed i don't see it as a thing that has to be causing you dread yeah but why are
1: you why are you doing backbreaking labor to do something if you're already happy like you don't need to also do
0: this you're already fine but you might be just sad and then you're like oh fuck, it's gonna go to hell, I'm done.
2: I I mean, for sure, I think that's often the case.
0: Or you are actually quite a person that is like doing good and fine. You see this problem, oh, it's making people sad. And then you just like go a little bit down. You're like, oh, that's a bad thing. And then because you are this energetic person that is good, happy, you are the one that can deal with it. So... I'm just. I mean,
2: it's a. I think. I think the point is that you need you need some sort of motivation. Yeah. You need some sort of motivation to tackle a problem, and motivation often comes from a place of wanting, because what you're tackling is bad. It's a bad thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you also you are, you are giving your time and effort, to something, and there. If you're already very content and happy, then there has to be a damn good reason for you to be doing this. Because otherwise, you can just keep doing the shit you were already doing, which is nothing.
0: I'm in a way feeling where this comes from, is that you want to get reward for being happy, no, unhappy. No, you want. No. no. I'm saying. I'm saying. Are uh, your argument for you both? No. 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 That, no. no, no. Then your sadness the has to have a reward.
1: No, it's it's the being in the pit, and it's not re- being rewarded for being in the pit. <clears throat> it's just seeing the entrance to the pit and trying to get the fuck out. Climbing out of the pit. Yeah, as opposed to already being on the surface in the sun. You're not going to find a pit to jump
0: into just to crawl out of it. The thing is, it's I can get what you're saying, but I I don't think it's true. I think it's true. <laughs> I don't think you can claim it is. I think you can believe it is. Okay, I think this would be a good point Good point for you to summarize what you think we are claiming. Hmm. I, I can guess that you say that you need to be motivated, and therefore being like sad help. Then you think, like, oh, I have to fix that sadness, and then I have to do something that mo- supposed to motivate me to change things.
2: Indeed, that's exactly. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, but uh, I think I think this is a wishful thinking. Okay. I think this is, is. Isn't what you you're talking
2: about th- even more wishful thinking? Everybody's just happy, and then they still no, find no, motivation
0: no. to do something. No, you're <laughs> you're trying to say that you f- have felt sad, mm. and you want that to be worth it,
2: well, I felt sad about something.
0: Not yeah, but that sad, that period f- being sad about something might just make you more sad, and you just don't do a shit.
2: Well, I do think there's a lot of people who attempt to fix something and then fail. Yeah, so we're
0: not
1: talking. We're not saying that this holds. You know that everyone who's ever sad went out and accomplished something.
0: No, it's but like I, on a population, I, I, are you old. gonna tell me that someone that has well, happy and had a good life has never
1: done no no we're not exactly. saying that either we're not yeah, saying exactly. that either no but but, th- but we're talking in on population levels we're saying that there's a marked effect that it's a huge effect and that in general if you took the two populations of if, if you had somehow a group of people that were perpetually happy and a group of people that were perpetually sad i think one of them would be much much more productive than the other
0: uh, well, I guess we're also assuming I would say, that it's not sort of about I would not, say, I would not mm. say much, much more. I would say maybe more. I would say much, much more. But that is what I think is the wishful thinking here. <laughs> well, I mean, one group has one group has
1: a, a very sort of deep intrinsic motivator, and the other one does not have that motivator, and you have to assume that they will find motivation somewhere else. But external motivation is not real. I don't think. I don't think there is such a thing as an external motivator. So they have to find some other internal motivation that isn't trying to not be sad or upset or anxious or something. And that is difficult. I don't know what kind of internal motivators they could, as a population, be looking for, is my point.
2: Uh, changing topics. How about that? I have uh, Guillion's favorite topic here. Okay. So this is from the Jewish News Syndicate. Of course. And this says, 5,000 burgers a day. World's first cultured meat production plant opens in Israel. Oh. We are getting one step closer to the Brad Pitt steak. The world's first industrial cultured meat facility has opened in the city of Rehovot, home to the Weizmann Institute of Science and the Hebrew University of Jerusalem Faculty of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. It's a slaughter-free meat production startup. Yeah. How do you feel about this, Gideon?
0: I mean, this is meant for animal, like not yes. human meat but uh, I you think the only
2: logical step to take now is celebrity meats to be perfectly honest
1: that's true we should contact these people see if they're up for some celebrity meat production yeah. what would be the first if you had to pitch to these guys you get you step into an elevator with these guys and you're like fuck I have 20 seconds to pitch this mm. what celebrity would you choose to pitch? Donald Trump oh my I god would not, Do you think,
0: I would not want to eat him
1: I think that's actually a very good one because you have such a large proportion of people that are sort of on his side that would want to eat yeah, him. Yeah, well, and then eat there's him and
0: then also
2: people who are going to eat him spitefully.
1: Yeah, hate eat. Mm. The uh, hate eaters would also be a huge market. So I think he's a he's mm. a great one. I think a controversial figure is the best best possible
0: one. How about eating a historical person? So yeah, like Hitler. Like, yeah, I mean go oh my God. into the you grave went for to someone. Hitler. Jeez. So someone's okay. grave and get them uh, get oh, that yourself. sounds pretty hardcore.
1: Yeah, yeah, but like it'd be pretty chill oh, wouldn't it?
2: Jeez, I think you you're you've leapt ahead of what I was thinking of. Jesus Or somebody. like
1: eating uh, Lucy that, that uh Helen uh, of Troy? No, that what's it the Neanderthal or whatever that's that was found frozen. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, that's as old as you could <laughs> possibly go. Yeah.
1: Eating like go back as far as you can and eat. The real fucking. Paleolithic diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 like that would be pretty chill. Yeah.
2: You could I mean you could sort of segue into the whole human meat thing, going through you know mammoth meat and you know stuff like that. Yeah. yeah but just, then end up at the Neanderthal meat. Yeah. Which is what you know Homo erectus actually did. You know Homo sapiens they probably ate the Cro-Magnon, right? Yeah. Or the Neanderthals, I mean. Yeah. Well I mean first of all what I we think were meant to eat. throughout
1: history people have always eaten people and I think because like desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah, right?
2: I have heard that eating other people is actually
1: bad for you. So eating brain and stuff is bad. Eating for you, brain is how bad. That's you for get you, right? prion, of prion diseases. Disease. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but eating the meat is fine.
2: Eating like muscle tissue is
1: fine. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine. But I mean, it's not. It's not the best because it's pretty uh, lean. Typically, you want to eat if you're going to eat animals. You want to eat. Uh, Sort of one step up on the food chain. You want to eat uh, herbivores. No. Like, there's not a lot of carnivores that you could list that we eat. List. What, tell me one True. carnivore that we eat.
2: I, uh, think, I don't know some sort of bird.
0: Uh isn't like some fish. Yeah. Okay. So we Tuna? You know, at sort of at
1: best, it's animals that eat like Cat, plankton catfish. or you know like bugs or some shit like that.
2: Yeah, but not like sort of hunting carnivores no because there's lion a lot of meat? like people people
1: buy lion meat actually. yeah but like oh, oof. there's such a huge energy loss at every step of the food chain that it becomes less and less worth it and good and there's like concentration one step
2: above carnivores is i definitely it's just people it's
1: just well we're i mean we're apex predators baby
2: we're at the top i am an apex predator i should remind myself of that every morning when I go to the fucking grocery store, looking at these chicken breasts, I'm an apex predator, baby.
1: I have a job. Yeah, this is you. This is next step predation, is you, you're such a predator that you don't even have to do the fucking hunting. You just, they're already dead. You just pick them up. And you think fucking...
2: going to the supermarket and picking out chicken breasts in any way satiates my desire for hunting? <laughs> yes.
1: Consuming, de- like... Uh, like uh, economic consumption definitely does. I think
2: like I, I got these chicken breasts. I hunted these at the supermarket.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think And so. now we will
2: gorge on meat tonight because I am a successful human male.
1: Because think about it. If on the one hand, think about uh, you having to make some sort of effort in order to procure these chicken breasts versus mm-hmm. them just magically appearing in your fridge. The first one has like it, tickles some sort of primal
0: thing, doesn't it? I mean yeah. he had to work in an office for it, yeah, but that's too abstract but I was but I
2: was was uh, that was a part of the hunt
0: yeah, that was prep
1: work for the hunt, but it doesn't f- it's not it's not the thrill of the chase like walking to the supermarket is <laughs> I
2: was sharpening sharpening the dagger but you know on meat, I definitely noticed that my son of all the food groups that we try to feed him, so at, at the start it was very easy. To feed him pretty much anything. But now he's growing a little bit more picky. But consistently, he almost always enjoy anything meat-related.
1: Yeah, I think it ticks a lot of primal boxes. Like, it's it's just fat and protein. I
2: mean, there must be some reason for this. We must be meant to eat meat because he
1: loves meat. I mean, meant, I don't think you can use the word meant to. I don't think there's any such thing.
2: Okay, fair enough. Meant to is not, uh, well, definitely well,
1: it, it jives with our biology. Yeah, we've learned to love it, definitely. It's like, or we've been sort of uh, uh, selected. It's been selected for as a trait, to enjoy this shit. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but so, same thing though with sugar. You can definitely feed him any sweet thing, probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sugar
2: is also like, has like ridiculous limbic resonance or whatever. Yeah, you can uh, feed him chocolate. basically gives you a high when you eat it. So I, I think it exists on a little bit of a different dimension than meat.
1: Yeah, but you can feed him chocolate for fucking... Days uh, time. I guess he
2: would. I guess he would eat. He would eat uh, chocolate indefinitely. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, I'm not saying that meat is the only one he would eat indefinitely, but having but him eat one. vegetables is definitely more difficult than
0: having him eat meat. So he likes. Yeah. How is this meat? Like, is it like minced? Basically, any meat. I, is it the meat taste or is it meat? I don't know. It has to be made I don't know. meat. It
2: could be minced meat. It could be chicken breast. You know, cut into. Uh, appropriately sized little cubes so uh, of course
0: I don't know so apparently you need less muscle mass to chew meat than to chew vegetables
2: yeah that's probably true right you don't have to like uh, masticate roots
0: so it means that our jaw is like a little bit weaker because we eat meat isn't this a thing that, like, supposedly all Neanderthal skulls
2: or something, or, or ho- old time Homo sapien skulls, all had like perfect teeth? Have you heard about this? No. So this whole issue with our, or- like, this uh, industry of orthodontics is a relatively recent thing. Mm. But Neander, like, uh, old uh, cave dwelling skulls of humans, they all had like a perfect row of teeth and
1: big jaws. But it's like uh, dogs, for example. Dogs and cats. I don't think there's a, an orthodontics industry. Because I for think Dogs they and just... Cats,
2: well that could be a new thing. We could we could try to,
0: you know, get an orthodontics for dogs so, license and go to Hollywood. Maybe. Per- so in nature it is like that when a, a predator like loses one of their teeth, they just die.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No, but I, I think that the the, 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 the hypoth- hypothesized mechanism here is that we actually used to chew, have to chew and work to chew something. That was actually good for your face,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. I mean if your jaw is bigger, obviously your teeth fit better as well, and then if your jaw shrinks, but your teeth don't
2: hmm so there's some sort of there's some sort of stimulus of the whole face area by chewing roots or something that's actually good for your teeth and your jaw
0: yeah but what happened when they eat so well they, they this was a theory that you have like weaker jaw and therefore you get more space for the skull for the head mm. So it basically gave us a chance to become more intelligent.
1: Because your head is already a limiting factor, the head size, for how much, like how possible it is to give birth to you. And you want more of that to go towards brain. You want head size to be more brain than Yeah, and then you
0: remove, then you take muscle, like jaw muscle out and put head instead. Put brain instead. Okay,
2: so, so this is the Stanford University Press blog. Are we okay with this? Sure. Uh, crooked teeth are a modern phenomenon and a telltale sign of an underlying epidemic. So, modern industrialized societies are plagued by crowded, ill-aligned teeth, a condition that dental profession, uh, dental professionals refer to as malocclusion, which translates literally to bad bite. Okay, so as it turns out, our ancestors did not suffer from crooked teeth to the same extent that we do today. And this is based on fossil findings. Yeah. Basically, all had perfectly straight
1: teeth and big jaws. Hmm. Maybe they had less sin.
2: Less sin.
1: Yeah, we're being punished less. Yeah, that's probably true.
2: I guess we do sin a lot more. There's a lot more opportunity for sin these days. I can sin like right now, very easily. Like, give me two seconds, I'll sin. (laughs) Yeah, we can.
1: We sin so hard, and it's open my phone and sin
2: for five minutes straight without doing anything useful. But this was a little bit more difficult when you were a together, right? Yeah, it was harder to sin. It was also like sort of a, an immediate punishment to sinning. You can't just walk yeah. up and slap some, some uh, homo sapien woman because her homo sapien man would slap you back.
1: Yeah, you couldn't... It was harder to sin, let's say. That, can we make that claim, go on? Yes.
2: That's what the internet has really done to us, is that it's just allowed us to sin constantly yeah. without repercussion.
1: Yeah, we're living in a bastion of sin.
2: But we'll all go to hell, so that's the ultimate punishment. But it's easier to get into hell now. The bar is lowered. Well, no, the bar is the
1: same. It's
0: just easier to get over it. Yeah, we've I optimized
1: the sort of the strategy for crawling and for limboing under it.
0: Still, we do not accept violence and killings the same way.
1: Okay, here's a question for
2: you. Is watching pornography on my phone a sin? I mean, I think... Some
0: might claim so. So
1: I think over. If what do you, you think? If you ask the world in a democratic election, you would overwhelmingly get the answer yes. This but, is a sin,
0: yeah.
1: Fair enough. But I'm not sure uh, if you but had. how do I like a, If you had an analytical scholar, you know, a doctorate in theology, uh, answer this question. I'm not sure he would necessarily
0: say yes. So a sin doesn't necessarily mean ethically wrong.
2: Mm, isn't that the definition?
0: Yeah, by uh, in a way, by still definition, it, it is does. by Depends definition, on the ethical yes.
2: paradigm that you choose to exist in.
1: But I
0: think yeah, that's pretty much yeah, the I definition guess. of a sin, yeah. That is the definition. Yeah, but but I mean, it doesn't mean it's a little bit separate to still what is right and wrong. It's a cultural context, it's not easy. That's why, why we is have a the a cultural Bible. context,
1: yes. Well, if you if you don't buy into the framework in which the sin is defined, then yes, you see a discrepancy, but on paper sort of the definition of it is the fact that yes sin is ethically wrong
2: so is it ethically wrong to look at porn on my phone i don't know don't do it now at least no i'm not doing it right now but please don't do it just now. wait just, I'm just wait. thinking wait. about it though just wait
1: <laughs> for not very long though because we are definitely out of time yeah what do we do for wait i have pictures i have pictures i have pictures we always have to do this it's muy importante. Hey. Le photo. Le, le photo. Or my brother it says comparison is the thief of joy agree agree
0: good weren't we just saying that joy was was a comp- comparison to sadness
1: i don't think we said that at all but we no we were saying yeah maybe but yeah i agree comparison is the thief of joy. i
2: i i think i agree i think that's a i think that's a more apt than anything that we said i think that very uh, good i think
1: that's good Yes, Actually, there's two more that just came through. One of them is there is always, always, always something to be thankful for.
2: No. I mean, sure, I guess. No. It's not an objective measure, but I mean, yeah, you can always, if you're pressed.
1: If you're trapped in someone's sex dungeon and you are having a horrible time and you're about to die.
2: Yeah, at least I'm a white male. No, like,
1: (laughs) I don't think there's anything, there's no reason to be thankful there. You're well within your rights to not be thankful. Well, maybe you're thankful for the fact that you weren't born in the in the dungeon.
0: Uh, yeah, but you might be thankful for being able to get to know someone. Oof, oh, I'm I happy guess I got to know that person.
1: I guess if you have if you are seriously seriously capable of sort of zooming out and seeing the big picture, then yeah, fine. I I
2: think mm. this is not too far-fetched.
1: But and here's where the third one plays in. The third quote is, nobody said it was easy. Um
0: maybe somebody did say
2: it was I this is one of those this is one of those that's very easy to uh to debunk because I'm pretty sure you can find somebody who said it was easy.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay, fine. But you know you don't disagree with the the spirit of the quote. It's more of just like uh no, I, I know it's hard. I know it's I do. hard.
2: Somebody said it was easy. The quote is false. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: False. All right, Dwight. False. Um Mane, do you have any parting words for us?
0: I mean, you ruined it. You, you started to bring quotes all the time. I'm sorry. I know. But I'm going to tell you, don't stop until you're proud. Oh, That's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And be kind.
1: Hmm. Those are two, two rules to live by. Yeah. yeah. Ole, do you have any parting words?
2: Well, the first step to accomplishing something is visualizing what you want to accomplish. And taking aim,
1: life coach only. Yeah, I'm the worst life coach ever. Is this true? Is that the first? It's so
2: that you don't wander aimlessly.
1: Okay, but there's someone who has definitely accomplished something without this step. So that's true. It's a. But do you agree with the spirit of the quote? I do. Okay, thank you. I do. I agree with the spirit of you. Thank you. Uh, If you agree with our spirit, then send us cash. (laughs) Uh, Or (laughs) voicemails a, a lot, lot, of lot of cash do you take of donations cash. of bitcoin by the way absolutely but
0: uh i haven't posted a wallet seven anymore. bitcoins i will take seven bitcoins yeah
1: i t- would take a- any any kind of donation give me anything even if i have to scrape fucking pennies off the bottom of the mariana trench is this
2: a good forum to for me to shill my new coin
1: no this is the worst this okay, is elon enough, yeah. musk
2: holy coin holy coin <laughs> uh
1: yeah so send a shit callingmonroe.gmail.com uh, at Colling Monroe on Instagram uh, shout out Ole for pulling through for being there when Monroe wasn't you know I'm sorry you didn't find anybody better
0: yeah me too don't say that you're fine
1: uh, you're fine keep on trucking
0: honk honk bye bye goodbye <laughs> bye if you're feeling low
1: need of a bro One thing, your heart start to glow. Calling Monroe. Calling Monroe. Calling Monroe. Calling Monroe. Calling Monroe.